the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. How long is the statute of limitations before they can arrest you? <laughs> My dad passed away, I guess, three or four years ago now. So I, I know they can't arrest him, but he used, boy, he was a duck hunter. I mean, he's, he's the duck hunter that legends are made of. He used to take his duck hunting, and he, he was going to kill some ducks. It, didn't, it wasn't always legal, but he was going to kill some ducks. I remember me and my little brother when we was young teenagers, you know, and it wasn't like today when you got these fancy jackets and stuff that keep you warm. This was back when you wore two shirts and a light jacket, and that's all you had. And we was on the lake in an aluminum boat with a 20-horse mercury. All the way across the lake, you know, about 25, 30 degrees. And we would go hunt, you know, and set out the decoys. And if the, the ducks didn't come to the decoys, we'd, we'd uh, string up the decoys, throw them in the boat, and he would put me and my little brother on the front seat with loaded 12 gauges. And he would, and he would go through that uh, flooded timber, you know. And, and I ain't never seen nobody drive like this. It's like Burt Reynolds on steroids or something. He would, you know, he was doing that thing like that with this tiller handle. And you get to a tree and you don't know which way he's going. You're trying to hold, and he would pull it up and, and the boat be doing this number here. But he figured if he could go fast enough through the woods, he could find some of the ducks that was trying to huddle down and, and didn't fly to the last minute. I called them Mally mess-ups because they were mallards. You know, we were hunting mallards. I, I was a little kid at the time, but I, my little brother, he's even six years younger. But I remember sitting there, you know, and uh, saying, just one Mally mess-up, one Mally mess-up. We just wanted to get a shot, you know. And if he'd go fast enough through them woods, finally one would jump out at the last minute, me and my little brother, pow, 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 and we'd shoot three times, you know. And the duck keep on flying usually. And I don't know how he did it, but it's the stuff legends are made of. My dad, still driving the tiller handle, would raise up his 12-gauge with one shot, one arm, pow, and that duck would Sometimes he would shoot two or three times with a pump shotgun driving the tiller handle. I don't know how he did it. Stuff legends are made of. <laughs> he died about three years ago, but... But I got good word that before he went the last duck hunt, he shot some so far off that they still ain't hit the ground yet. <laughs> My daddy could duck hunt. I ain't kidding. No Mally mess-ups. Last week we ended up shouting. Y'all remember? We had a big Shabbat praise. We shouted hallelujah. Broke those walls down. Just feels good to get it out. That's why I get up here and get loud sometimes, just break the ice. I mean, we're supposed to rejoice in church. I don't know what kind of church y'all think this is. But this is a full gospel church. We believe the full gospel. We're not holding anything back, are we? 
We read that scripture, Isaiah 42, 13. It says, the Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out. He shall shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. And we saw ourselves prevailing because, it, because he lives, I can live. Because he goes before us in battle. And we're made in his image. And if he's prevailing, then we ought to be prevailing. If he's for us, who can be against us? And we begin to see ourselves over here. Part of this banner somewhere. You're either the warm, fun-loving fella or you're the one we're reaching out to. <laughs> right? You're either the fire igniting the passionate pursuit in somebody else or you're the one that we're here to light a fire under today. And so we begin to see all of us are on the banner. All of us have a hope. We can all begin to gain momentum. Isn't that what we talked about last week? The first week was setting our New Year's resolutions just to follow Jesus, to walk with him one step of the way. We ain't got to make grand promises. We just got to walk and be in obedience day by day, and we'll get to our destination. And then last week we talked about things that, that stop our momentum, how we can get those weights and sins out of the way, and then gain some forward momentum, like a snowball going downhill. And we got little momentum going downhill last week, and we said, it's time to prevail in 2018. If, if you ain't going to prevail this year, what, what year are you waiting on? It's 2018. You know that's later than it's ever been before. It is. I'm not making this stuff up. It's time to prevail. It's time to be free finally. Aren't you tired of bondage? It's time to be free. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Debt free, set free, kept free. Free from sin. That's a good one. The bondage of sin. Free from fear. You tired of waiting to see what the wages of sin is going to be in your life? Are you tired of being afraid of the enemy? Tired of being afraid to stick your head up like a prairie dog? Afraid he's going to get whacked like a mole? <laughs> I'm talking he's wanting to set you free, and y'all ain't even helping me preach or nothing. He's trying to set you free from ignorance. This is the word of truth. The word of God will set you free from reluctance, from arrogance. Man, when you worship like we just worshiped, how are you going to sit up like strutting around like a peacock, like you something? You've just been in the presence of something. Someone who's really something. And you get in that right perspective and that right frame of mind understanding who he is and who you ain't. But what he thinks about you, you can be free from the fear of death. Man, that right there. Free from the fear of man, what man shall do unto you. Free from empty religion. You know what I'm saying? Bunch of rules and regulations, but no power to deliver. 
Empty religion. Be free from a meaningless existence, a hopeless future. Because he lives, we got hope for tomorrow. I think I need to go down there to the Methodist church and preach. I think I might get some amens over there. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Look at there, I got an amen from the Patriots fan up here. <laughs> she made me promise that I would tell y'all that's the Lewisburg Patriots and not the New England, New England Patriots. Because I know some of y'all are probably looking to get her after the church or something. <laughs> Ain't you glad you can be free from wasted motion? How many times you been around that mountain and ain't produced nothing yet? Empty notions. How many times you thought around that mountain and ain't produced nothing yet? He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Psalms 118.5 says, In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me. And what did he do? He set me free. Do you see a pattern here? You are supposed to live free. You're supposed to enjoy your Christianity. <laughs> I've been refreshed, renewed, restored. I got the Holy Ghost more, Holy Ghost and a lot much more. I don't even get that out. Romans 8.37 says, in all things. How many things? All these things were more than conquerors in him who loves us. So it's time. It's time to prevail. I mean, you didn't get up out of that warm bed this morning. To come in here and fail. You came in here to prevail. Because you want something different. I don't know what you're facing. What's your obstacle. What the devil's has laid in front of your path to keep you from prevailing. But it's a lie. And you need to bust on through. You need to put it behind you. You need to start telling a new story over your life. You need to... Imagine going duck hunting without drowning, without getting stuck, or out going to the penitentiary. Just imagine that just because all your duck hunting stories in the past failed, that don't mean everything in the future is going to fail. You know more than you knew then. You've been farther than you've ever been before. You've been deeper in the Word. Maybe it wasn't time yet. Maybe it's time to dream bigger than you did before. Stretch your faith. Maybe it's time to start a duck dynasty. I don't know. <laughs> Those guys, all they did was duck hunt. That's all they cared about. Next thing you know, they're millionaires. <laughs> and the whole time, they're teaching people about Jesus. Psalms 37.4 says, take delight in the Lord. Get excited about Jesus. Don't lose your fire. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. How many thought when you was growing up, man, if I follow the Lord, he's going to take away all my good stuff? 
It says, if you take delight in the Lord, he will give you your heart's desires. Today's message is entitled, The Acceptable Year. What's 2018 going to be for us? Just another year? What if this is the acceptable year? What if this is a different year than you've ever been to before? I believe it is. Do you want to prevail? Jesus prevailed. God hadn't hardly finished saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he automatically started prevailing. It worst, began the worst three years of the devil's life ever. The devil said, I'm going to catch him out in the wilderness. Like I'm going to catch him out to school or something. Caught him out in the wilderness. The devil's like, took three big blows to the head. And he's like, I'm going to catch you later. I'm out of here. Devil didn't want no more of Jesus. <laughs> he's, he embarrassed old Slewfoot. Jesus prevailed. He came out the, the gate swinging. When Jesus touched you, you were healed. You listening to what I'm saying? If Jesus touched you, you were healed. If Jesus got in your boat, it got filled. Didn't it? When Jesus blessed the food, it fed the multitude. <laughs> Y'all laughing at me. But I'm serious, Jesus would mess up a good funeral. People get all dressed up to go to the funeral. And Jesus will mess it right on up. Oh, he'd have raised another one. What did I even get dressed for? I'm going back home. <laughs> there wasn't nobody like Jesus. There ain't never been nobody like Jesus. Can't nobody. Do me like Jesus. Man, I'm just preaching hard this morning. Y'all ain't listening hard. Y'all want me to tell you some good stuff? Y'all ready? When they came to get Jesus in the garden, he, he, he doesn't even say nothing. He, he could have. He, he, when they said, Pick up this cross and carry it. He, he told it. He said, he didn't say nothing. He just picked it up. He just did. When they lied on him at trial, you know, he could have told them. He just stayed quiet. When they pounded those nails through his hands, <laughs> That made him mad. When they put them nails in his feet, you know what he did? He just hung there. Wait a minute now. I thought we was talking about Jesus prevailing. When they said, come down there if you be the son of God. Well, he was, so he, he didn't come down. Man, I would have come down. I would have said, you want to see? But he didn't. 
Did he prevail? Wait a minute, that don't even sound like prevailing. That's not the way we see prevailing, is it? How much do we know about what God considers victory? Because we're talking about an acceptable year in 2018. Well, I know what I would call an acceptable year, kind of. I mean, I, I know what my standard, standards would be. I know what I would want to see happen in 2000. But the question is, what does God call an acceptable year in 2018? Maybe we've been trying all these years to get our acceptable year. I don't know. I don't want to go into that. I don't want to make y'all... I know what I'll do. I'll lighten it up with a video. Watch this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Ain't it? <laughs> yeah. How many of us going to get to heaven and find out we've been running the wrong way? I mean, <laughs> Bible toting. Folks. Maybe go to church every Sunday, but realize what you did Monday through Saturday was running the wrong way. That couldn't happen. You got to show me in the Word. Many on that day would say to me, Lord, Lord. He said, I never knew you. God, I prayed my whole life that I would be the world's best duck hunter. <laughs> Lord, I prayed for new decoys. I prayed for the best being able to call them, them ducks in there. Wang, 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 wang. I just wish I would have prayed. Did you want me to be a duck hunter? How many of us are just play, praying for God to bless our mess? In our life. And we're starting off 2018 feeling the same way. God, just keep blessing. Lord, if you'll give me this job, and, and you've got your plan all lined out. But you ain't stopped to ask God, are you even headed in the right direction? When it says in Psalms 37, 4, take delight in the Lord, for he will give you your heart's desires does that mean that whatever desire you have in your heart, he's going to give it to you? Or could it possibly mean that he's going to give you the desires he has in his heart and put them in your heart? Isn't it say, whatsoever you pray according to my will? It's hard for us Americans because we grow up being taught the American dream. That all of life is about getting that big house, that fancy car or two, buying a lot of toys. That's what will make me happy. 
being famous. Oh, people looking up to me. Or I can be, I can get that, I can run for office. People have to respect me then. All these things that we think are the American dream. Is God's idea of success tied to the American dream, do you think? Where did we get that idea? Do we see it in the Bible? That if we die with the most toys, we win? Man, if I can save up enough money, when I get to a certain age, I'm quitting. Then I'm going to say to myself, soul, you have stuff saved up in all these barns. You got enough to eat, drink, and be merry the rest of your life. Go get you an RV, son. <laughs> I don't know why I'd do it. But if I'm only successful in this life, at building a temporary kingdom. Is that success at all? Maybe we need to pay more attention to the coach. In the huddle. Listen to the quarterback. So we know what the play is. We know what side of the field we're running to. But now we're going to watch the film. See, most of us don't get to the NFL level. <laughs> this is the level most of us are at in our Christianity. <laughs> the, the little kids took the ball from him and they said, run that way. He did. But I, I wonder, isn't that like a lot of us? We're just running around in circles. We don't even know which way the end zone is. That's what we're trying to understand. There is an end zone. There is a finish line that we need to be running towards. We're not just running circles, hopefully. I'm not just trying to be facetious this morning. God does want you victorious. He, was, he wants us to shout. He wants us prevailing more than anything. He wants us excited about life. But what is the acceptable year in 2018 for your life? What is really worth getting excited about? I turn to John 10.10, 10, and you could quote it. Jesus said, I am come that they may have life. God wants you to live. Not just have physical life, not just have eternal life, but he wants you to live. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Because some people might be confused and think, this is life. I've said it before. Get a big paycheck. Now, this is life. You know, this is life. But God's saying, I'm going to tell you about an abundant life. It's bigger than anything you can purchase with your American dream. Bigger than anything that this world has to offer. It's a concept that's heavenly. Out of this world, so to speak. 
Jesus teaches a principle that if you'll lay down your life, he might mean if you'll lay down your American dream. If you'll lay down your plans and purposes, everything that you thought was important, if you will lay down your life for the sake of others, then you'll find that abundant life. Then you'll find that eternal life. I know, I know, but I work so hard to, to get that bankroll. I work so hard to get to where I'm at. And, and I'm not saying where you're at is bad. And I'm not saying having things is bad. I'm not saying any of that. But I think it was like when he talked with the rich young ruler. I think if the rich young ruler would have said, okay, I will follow you. I'll give it all up. He might have said, no, you, I was just testing you. <laughs> just he might not. I don't know. But isn't it in the test, in the test in your heart? Come follow me. Turn to Philippians 2. Somebody, I can hear you out there under your breath. I wish I'd have stayed in bed this morning. No, you do not. Philippians 2. You see what I was doing early? I was trying to get people excited. I was trying to get that shout, you know. I was trying to preach real good to get everybody stirred up. And that's what a lot of churches do every Sunday. It's about emotional reaction. And everybody gets high and shouts on Sunday. But Sunday ain't the only day of the week. Philippians 2, 3. And if somebody thinks I'm just stepping on your toes, I'm stepping on my toes too. I don't know of anybody that's got this down, so okay. But that don't mean we don't shoot for it. That don't mean we don't talk about it. That don't mean that we don't want it. That don't mean that we don't try to freshly surrender to it if we know it's Jesus' will. All I'm saying is Jesus' will for your life. I'm not saying he's going to tell you to sell your RV. One time he told me to sell a boat. One time he told me to buy a boat. The question is, is will you do what he says? It has been my experience, obedience brings the blessing. Simple obedience takes all the pressure off of me and gives God a chance to show his blessing in my life. Philippians 2, 3. Don't be selfish. 
Don't try to impress others. You ain't got to have a bigger TV than your neighbor. Your 72-inch, I know it's old and small, but it'll be fine for a couple years. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He just got in the mix with us. He just got in this dirt box we call earth. And he, when he appeared in human form, this is God we're talking about, you understand? He humbled himself in obedience to God. I guess if we were to highlight a particular passage that we're talking about as the key to the acceptable year of the Lord, it's right there. Humble yourself in obedience to God. Simple, childlike obedience. And he, in doing so, he died a criminal's death on the cross. Doesn't sound like prevailing. But because he was willing to go to that place for this specific time that we call life, these 80, 90, 100 years, whatever, because he was willing to lay down his life, take up his cross for this short period of time in the stretch of eternity, it says that God has elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name that's above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord that's a shout in scripture every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord but why because he came down here and he prevailed and he took over and he showed his kingship. No. He became a servant. He humbled himself. Lower than anybody else was ever willing to go. And because he went to the depths, he was raised to the heights. To the glory of God the Father. That's how you score on God's team. That's how you score. You're not selfish. You humble yourself in simple obedience to God. And in doing so, you bless everyone around you. You think of others more than you think of yourself. Humility is not thinking bad of yourself. It's just thinking less of yourself. You know, all their lives, Peter and his brother Andrew and their partners, James and John, another set of brothers, 
They were fishers of fish. They had boats. They had dreams. They had started businesses. I mean, you, you didn't get a boat back then without some hard work, unless it was bequeathed to you or something. I don't even know where that word came from. But, I mean, they, were, they had a business. They had nets. They had investments. They were probably thinking one day we're going to own this town. And Jesus said, I'm going to show you a more abundant way. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Fishers of fish could be lucrative in the temporary. But I'm going to show you life and life more abundantly. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Something eternal with eternal rewards. Let me, let me show you a quick illustration. Come here, Joe. Joe's an ex-movie star. Kaylee, you come here and help me too. I know you can act. I've seen your videos. Put your shoes on. Hold on. That's how you know your children were raised up in the church when they come in here and make themselves at home. Okay, y'all come over here. Hide behind this speaker right here. I'm going to show you. This is what goes on. This is regular folks at the church hiding behind the speaker. That's, that's where most people, they got purple chairs back there, okay? That's where they sit. That's what they do at church. And Jesus is like, Kaylee, I need you to step out for me. Can you? There's somebody I need you to talk to and, and tell them about me. They're really going through a hard time. Could you? And, and she's like, no, no, Jesus. I, don't, I would be uncomfortable doing it. I don't, at this juncture in my life, I don't feel like I'm in this. And, 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 but, but Jesus is saying, come on, Kaylee, you can do it. You, I've invested in you. I've put so much in you. Come on, come on. And, but be careful because when you step out in here, the devil will throw fiery darts at you. And so you've got to be careful. You've got to be aware of the situation, because there, be, there will be obstacles. There will be opposition. But you can do it, Kaylee. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. But I will be with you, Kaylee. I will walk you up here. Come on, Kaylee. No, I just kind of, I'll go over here. I'll hide behind over here. I'll, I, well, don't quit on me, Kaylee, okay? We're, no, just, just, don't, don't go back. Don't go back. You stay there for now. You get comfortable there. Big Joe, I, you know what? Big Joe, Come on, man. We're doing an outreach. And you know what? I need you to pass out tracts at the, at the outreach and, and, and look them in the eye and tell them that what I've done in your life. Can you do it? No, I don't know about the tracks thing. They'll think I'm silly. But I no, you can do it, Joe. You can do it, man. And Joe gets excited and Joe runs up. And, Wait a minute. Doc, doc, here comes an arrow. You can do it, Joe. Just duck right there. Hide right there. You can do it, Joe. Duck right there. No, oh, there he goes. There he goes. But I would be with you, Joe. I would show you when the fiery dark. I know, I know, I know. I know how you feel, Joe. And then Joe and Kaylee start thinking amongst themselves. Well, it's easy for Jesus to be out there in the firing line, you know. He's God. How can, you, how can you stand out there with all these fiery darts coming at you under all this pressure and everything? You, and Jesus would look at you and say, you know what? 
I can do it because I've already died to this life. And you can't kill a dead man. See, I'm not holding on to anything. Nothing can hurt me. You see, when the, the devil thought he killed me before, all he did was promote me. When he thought he was bringing me to the lowest parts, he was bringing me to the highest parts. You see, and when you get that dead man mentality that you can't kill a dead man, you won't be afraid of the enemy any longer. Give him a big round of applause. A dead man can take the hits and keep moving forward. He's not counting the losses. Colossians 3.3 3. Christians says, for you died to this life. Isn't that what you did? You said, God, I give you my life. I'm through with it. I trade my death for your life. I trade my temporary life for your eternal life. I trade my unrighteousness for your righteousness. It says, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ. That's where your real life is, is found. It's in, it's in the following Him out of your comfort zone. It's in, the, it's in the eternal pursuit of souls. It's making an eternal difference. It's not thinking about yourself, not building little tent factories over here. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good back over here. God, I'm good over here. I see in heaven. No. You died to that old life when it was all about you. Now your life is hid in Christ. He'll take the hits if you'll walk with Him. We don't win by dying with the most toys. In Matthew 19.30, Jesus says, But many who are greatest now will be least important then. Don't envy those who have everything in this world. Pity them. The more you have in this world, the bigger anchor it is around your neck. I'm not, I'm not trying to get in a ditch. I'm not saying go sell all you have. You can have a lot of stuff and it not have you. But many who are greatest now will be the least important then. Did you think, maybe, that sounds like God knew that we'd have the American dream floating above our heads right there, doesn't it? Knew that we'd be judging ourselves by the size of our bankroll. But many who are greatest now will be least important then. And many who seem least important now will be the greatest then. We all can probably identify with both sides of that chart. So don't be a Mally mess up. 
Don't just be hiding and ducking thinking you're going to let the boat go by. Because you will let the boat go by. Or you'll jump up at the last minute and get shot. And you'll never soar. And you were intended to soar. You were intended to fly. Prevail. And while it's great for us to shout on Sundays, if we're heading in the wrong direction Monday through Saturday, that ain't much to shout about. Christianity is not a Sunday-only deal. That's so good. That's good news. That's good news. It's not a dead, dry, empty religion. It is life itself. You have life itself dwelling on the inside of you. Andy Stanley said direction, not intention, gets you to your destination. Shouting on Sunday and saying, boy, I want to be the best Christian ever. You might even have that, those dance moves they do when the music gets right. You may run with the best of them on Sunday. But if your direction ain't right Monday through Saturday... You play acting. Mm. So, why didn't Jesus call down 12 legions of angels when he had the chance? Why didn't he? Man, he had the power. He could have called down 12 legions. He could have opened his mouth and told him what's up. Why did he just take it in the teeth? Why did he just hang there when it was in his power to come down and prove he is who he says he is? Why did he just hang there and give up his life? For you, John. For you, Dorinda. For you, Richard. But everybody else says, oh, he's weak. He's the least important. It didn't look right. It didn't seem right. He couldn't be the Messiah. The Messiah is supposed to rule and reign. He's coming here to to set up his kingdom. He did. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew what the acceptable year of the Lord was. He knew what what he had to accept. For his life to be acceptable. And he was willing. Many of y'all heard the story over and over about, you know, the band, Soul Food, and how we got our starts, and how we were heathens playing in the nightclubs and all these things, and I got saved. And, and a lot of people told me, you, not, you need to stop playing that heathen music, going into them nightclubs, you need to just pray at the church, you know, play at the church. Man, that seemed good. That seemed like a, a good plan. I was, I was with them. I was like, I do. I need to stop this. 
But God said, don't stop it yet. And then when the band all got saved and they all got turned around and we started playing for the Lord, then that old nightclub called us back and says, won't you come play for us? I said, we're a Christian band now. They said, oh, we don't believe it. I said, we are. They said, come back anyway. We said, I said, okay. But we're playing Christian music. People probably would have said, you don't need to be going back there. That's not God's way. You don't go back there with those heathens. That's not right. That's not right. But we went back. And we started hitting them with praise music. And they had their beers in the air. They was dancing. Boy, they had them boots, boot scooting boogie with our praise music. And we hit them with a worship song. And they got their girlfriend out there. They, they were saying, you who? We were saying, hallelujah. We had them shouting hallelujah before the night was over. But it was after that last song that I went back to my amplifier and I pulled out my old King James Bible. I was a new Christian at the time. I didn't know much, but I knew to ask God what he would have me share with them that night. And he Turn me to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And I got on the microphone and I was so scared my teeth were probably chattering. I didn't know what they was going to do. I pulled out a Bible in a biker bar. And I said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And then he says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What is your acceptable year in 2018? I don't know, but I. I bet it has something to do with preaching the gospel to the poor. I'm not sure, but I bet it has something to do with healing somebody's broken heart. I bet it has something to do with preaching deliverance and freedom like we were talking about. We want to be free. Tell somebody they can be free. I bet it has something to do with opening the eyes of the spiritually blind to Jesus. Recovery of sight to the blind. Set at liberty them that are bruised and battered and broken and hopeless and has no true purpose in their life. I bet, I bet your acceptable year is found in there. I bet maybe you're called to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Father, I just thank you that we're going to find that acceptable year because you are worth our deepest devotion. You are worth our most immense effort that we can give. You are worth the deepest surrender that we could conjure up in our life. Lord, you are worth everything that we could do for you.
listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.